Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. We are moving through the Advent season. Last week, we lit the hope candle, and we talked about the coming Christ, the anticipation and the posture of Israel at a time when they did not have the hope that we have now, that they were in a season of waiting for centuries, waiting for the coming Messiah. We also looked at the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, We talked about the haunting aspect of that hymn. For example, it's in a minor key. It's not joyful like the other hymns. It so accurately represents the need for the Savior, the spiritual bankruptcy of that nation, so it can be contrasted with the beauty, the heart-rendering carols that talk about the birth of baby Jesus, the joyful song that then talk about the hope and the help for all of us and proclaim the good news of the Christmas season to all people. It was also important to start there last week because first we have to understand that we need God, that the Advent season is not about shopping trips and family gatherings, though those are fun and enjoyable. The point of the Advent season is the celebration of the incarnation of Christ. When God came near, where he came, took on flesh, dwelling among us, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose from the dead, and in him we can have our sins forgiven because he paid the price. He had the obedience and the ability to restore us to our original design, and one day we can have the hope of being with him forever. If you missed last week, I would like to take a quick minute to describe Advent. It is the season that usually falls roughly between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and it is this anticipation of our Christmas celebration as we celebrate different aspects of the coming of Christ. This season allows us to have a time of reflection and introspection and examine ourselves, our faith, and give God the glory that he is due for his gift of salvation and the hope we have in him. You may be in a church that participates in Advent. Others don't, and it's okay. It is optional. But within this season, there's beautiful imagery that really helps prepare our hearts for the Christmas season and the coming of Christ. The first instances of Advent are usually traced to about 4th or 5th century A.D., with it becoming a part of the Catholic tradition in the 6th century. But most of what we are experiencing today is clearly came from the Middle Ages, and these specific themes have been refined from generation to generation and should be used primarily for devotional purposes. The candles and order change from denomination to denomination and tradition to tradition, There's a lot of different ways to do it, but for the sake of this program and for the sake of simplicity, I'm just going to follow a simple pattern of the hope candle, also called the prophecy candle, harkens to Isaiah and it prophesies the birth of Christ, and it symbolizes a season of anticipation waiting for the coming Messiah. Today we will do peace candle, which is also referred to as the angel candle. Luke 2, 14 says, peace on earth, goodwill toward men and also emphasizes Jesus as the Prince of Peace. From there, we'll do the joy candle, which is the shepherd's candle. This is to remind us of the world's joy at the birth of Jesus. 
And then finally, we'll end with the love candle, which talks about Christ's love for us and how we have hope in him. This is going to be a powerful season, and I hope that you will join us. Today, we're moving from the hope candle to the peace candle. Doesn't peace sound nice right about now? A 2019 Gallup Emotions Report recorded a recent uptick in American worry, stress, and anger. In 2018, the Anxiety and Depression Association of America indicated that up to 18% of the U.S. population have an anxiety disorder. And ladies and gentlemen, that study was done before the pandemic, which has made it even more potent. Despite America's relative freedom and affluence, many of our citizens enter a holiday season of celebration and hope with feelings of despair. One of the reasons for these negative feelings stems from a tendency to think that peace is circumstantial. Money, possessions, and stability become the objects of peace, which rarely satisfy. The materialism that surrounds the Christmas season can overshadow the real source of peace that is found in the manger. Billy Graham said, The world doesn't give peace, for it doesn't have any peace to give. It fights for peace. It negotiates for peace. It may maneuver for peace, but there's no ultimate peace in this world. But Jesus gives that peace to those who put their trust in him. Another misconception about peace is it's simply the absence of conflict. The Hebrew word shalom means wholeness. When someone is whole, they can function gracefully amid conflict. Tony Evans said, Peace doesn't mean that you don't have any problems. Peace means your problems will not have you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 states, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Tim Keller reminds us to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. For every one look at your sin, take five looks at your Savior. By putting our hope in Christ this season, we can receive that peace that only he can give. This week, I look at the actual birth of Christ. Last week, we were talking about the anticipation of the coming Christ and the waiting. But in this passage, we look at the actual arrival of Jesus. And Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14 says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Again, very popular Luke chapter 2, the shepherds behold the fantastical angelic announcement of the birth of Christ that has been foretold for centuries. Furthermore, we see in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, Mary give birth to her firstborn and wrap him in swaddling clothes and lay him in a manger because there's no place for them in the inn. We see this beautiful image of the birth of Christ in humble circumstances. When we think of our VIP treatment, our vanity, our pride, and what we feel we deserve, first we have Mary in the Magnificat saying, yes, I will carry this child. You have Joseph who has to be persuaded not to leave Mary and basically be the earthly father of the coming Messiah. You have the circumstances of them having to do the census, the long, arduous travel at a time when a pregnant woman would not be very comfortable in those circumstances. You have the underlying situation of Herod. You have all of these non-peaceful, non-ideal circumstances that surround the birth of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And then there's this moment, this quick moment, amid all that craziness that surrounded and led up to the birth. 
And then afterwards, there's going to be a period where there's going to be a threat of Herod and all of those circumstances after his birth. But in this quick moment, you see the celebration. But then the quiet moment as a young lady holds God incarnate, wrapping him in swaddling clothes, which is basically clothing strips, and setting the Messiah in a feed trough. But yet, it's amazing how even those humble circumstances emit this amazing feeling of peace that will underscore the coming events. There's a very popular hymn, Silent Night, Holy Night, All is Calm, All is Bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace. Think about that, sleep in heavenly peace. Amid all of this craziness, all of this waiting, all of this anticipation, there's a moment where they, he just sleeps in heavenly peace. Him goes on to talk about his nature, silent night, holy night, son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. That means it's pointing towards the redeeming grace that this child is going to give all of humanity. And that's the beauty of the incarnation, that redeeming grace that is going to be needed by all of humanity who've waited for this child to grow, live a sinless life, die on the cross, ascend, and to this day give us the peace that can only come from him. The last verse says, silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight, glory streams from heaven afar, heavenly hosts sing alleluia. Christ the Savior is born, Christ the Savior is born. Again, we talked about this in Luke chapter two passage earlier, and think about the peace that is going to come from the birth of this child and what it represents. You see, the incarnation to us, it just seems like a cute baby's born and we have a fun time. But you have to understand that for God to take on human form, dwell among us and live a sinless life, the humiliation that we typically associate with Easter, the crucifixion and all of the events that happened there, that looks terrible. But to me, when you look at the God incarnate taking on our body, that is a humiliation in and of itself. Just coming in human form, in my opinion, would have been enough for me to be amazed that he would be willing to do that. But when you add that what God accomplishes in his time throughout his earthly life and what that means for believers, this is a source of peace that can overcome any obstacles that we have, any issues that we have, any emotion that we have, that all we have to do is receive his grace and he will transform our life. Americans are obsessed with Christmas presents, as in with a T, like a gift. But we should be focused on God's presence, as in God with us. This season, that peace cannot come from any present that we can get from each other. The Christmas season lives at the intersection of God's presence, God with us, and his present, as in the grace that he offers humanity for our forgiveness. It is through this grace that we find our peace. For example, the gifts we give each other are symbolic of the gift of grace that God gives us freely to anyone who will receive. Friend, this Christmas season, I would be remiss to not invite you to follow Christ with your life. The gospel is the good news that God loves us, sent his son, Jesus, to save us, and offers us forgiveness and eternal life through faith in him. It's an invitation to experience a restored relationship with God and to live a life of purpose and fulfillment. The gospel is more than a one-time decision as well. 
It's a lifelong journey of following Christ. As we grow in our relationship with Him, we experience His love, grace, and transformation in our life. We are called to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And friend, that is the call of discipleship that Lose Yourself as a program exists to do. As we enter into this holiday season, it's one thing to just look at it as a fun celebration. But the point of Lose Yourself as a program is to make sure that no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the timing, no matter what the event, we are always seeing an opportunity to grow in our discipleship relationship, to follow after Christ with all our heart, especially amid this time of materialism and presence and parties. It's easy to lose focus on the fact that those who seek their life will lose it, but those who lose their life for Christ's sake will find it. Meaning, as we enter into this season that can be very superficial and selfish, it's appropriate to approach this season with the expectation of receiving Christ, sharing our faith, and having our life point to something bigger and more important than ourselves. I hope we'll keep the gospel appropriately at the center of this Christmas season. I close with this reminder to those who found peace with God, Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. This season may present more than just an opportunity to use your peacefulness to navigate an East holiday conflict. Perhaps your gratefulness will point others to the Savior who can offer the same peace this Christmas season. I invite you to listen next week as we continue our Advent series. Next week, we light the joy candle, as in joy to the world. We continue in the season as we celebrate the birth of the Messiah and all of the joy that that brings to this world. So make sure you tune in for that program. May God bless you. I hope this season is special for you, and we will see you on the next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.